Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path of recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Good morning, GLE to the double N. How are you today? To the double N. To the I double like that. N. What's to the going double, on, my double friend? Double shot espressos. What's going on? Uh, How are you? Great, great, great to be here. Great to talk about some steps, some tips. Yeah, you know, we're at the fun part of the uh, the step process for me anyway. I, I love steps one, two, and three. Uh, they're the cornerstone of my program. I think, uh, you know, they go in order. I, lo- I love this line, you know, the steps. Uh, of a 12-step recovery program, they're in order. I mean, they're not bullets. They're not 12 bullets. They're 12 steps. They're sequential. And uh, and and I guess, you know, with anything, the, the first steps are the most important. They kind of point you in the right direction, right? I mean, I could take three steps to the wrong direction. And, uh, yeah, so I, I love the first three steps. They point me in the right direction. So Yeah, and it's very important to work. You know, I, I love when you said that they're in order. They're in order for a reason, right? right? And... Um, you know, I, I can remember my, my first rehab. I remember tapping my watch to my temporary sponsor. And I'm like, dude, we need to get these uh, through these 12 steps. I got three more weeks before I have to I get got back a, to work. I got, a, I got a tea time. I know, I have a tea time. <laughs> I got a tea time. And, uh, Let me out of here. You know, they're, they're, they're in order for a reason. Um, and, and they're also, it, it makes sense to work them with a sponsor, of course. Right. Right. To, to get a sponsor who, who can help, help you work them. Um, but to just rush through them, you know, it, it reminds me of my, I have a wonderful 14-year-old daughter. She's learning how to bake, and each week she bakes something. And, and I tell her, I said, hey, look, if the recipe says 35 minutes, leave it in for 35 minutes. That's right. You know, if you pull it out in, you know, 12 minutes, you're not going to like it, right? Steph. And and it reminds me, you know, because I'm working with some guys and, and, you know, steps, you know, eight and nine making amends they're, they're not even done with step two and they see their aunt gertrude at a at a party that they puked on last year right and they're now going up and making their amends and they, they can't handle it when she doesn't respond the way they want her to you know? right so I, I i love what you said i love how you framed it and yeah i love uh i love the uh, cornerstones yeah. steps step one two and three yeah it really is and you know for for me anyway i'm i parked here for quite a while uh I spent uh, my first 30 days of sobriety in a rehab facility, and and the focus was on the first three steps. So um, fortunately for me, uh, I didn't have a sponsor yet at that point, right, because I'm in rehab, but my sponsor, or at least my community was my sponsor, Mm -hmm. right? Sure. And uh, so a lot of worksheets, you know, a lot of kind of taking a little, not step four inventory, but kind of taking some inventory uh, was very helpful to me. And the other thing that jumped out at me with your with your uh, introducing comments there was, you know, yes, it's extremely important to to work with a sponsor, and and you know maybe some people are comfortable with the word sponsor, maybe not, but you know I look at it as coach. A, yeah, right. Mentor. Um, you, you just nailed it. You just nailed it. It's a it's a self help coach. It's a it's a you know somebody who's gonna who's been there before. So if I were gonna go learn to golf i'd i'd watch a video with a golfer who's on the tour and get tips from him because i want to do it the right way and uh yeah the sponsor there's no wrong way to do the steps i don't think i think uh 
Am I wrong? I mean, is there a wrong way? I guess there is wrong ways to do the steps. But if I look at a, if I look at my sponsor and he's been sober for twenty plus years, uh, and he's teaching me what worked for him twenty some years ago, to me, I can put some some weight into that guidance. Yeah, I, I would say framing it that way. Mm-hmm. There's no wrong way to do the steps. Right. I would say a wrong way to do the steps is doing them yourself with no guidance at your own time frame. You know, th- this is not a self-help book, right? Right. This is this is a program where you know, in fact, we, we we've used the word we right numerous times, and we always will because we no longer do this alone, right? You know? And that's that's the first three steps. You're right. Uh, step one, we reviewed a couple of weeks ago. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. And then step two, we. Oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't say that. It says, came to believe that a power greater than than ourselves would restore us to sanity. And now this week, we're going to talk about three made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood them. And um, so, yeah, it's... uh, I like the way it goes. Uh, it's been taught to me in, in co- over coffees. And step one is I can't. Step two is he can. And step three is let him. And um, so, yeah, I, um, I, 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 the notion of turning things over for me was probably the hardest yet. You know, ultimately the easiest element of my recovery. I, I know it sounds it sounds like there's conflict there, but it was it was done in, for me. Step three was done in defeat, and it was the hardest thing to do because I had embraced my own power and my own will. I, you know, I was a I was a kid growing up that that um, was taught to do things on my own. You know, my as I shared with you before, I lost my father as a toddler, and so I was raised by a, a single mom there for a period, and and so there was always a, a, a an attitude and approach in our in our life to if you want it, you go get it. You make it work, right? I mean, if you want food on the table, you go work two jobs, put food on the table. You just make it happen. And that was that was ingrained in me that if you want something, you could will yourself into whatever you want. Yeah, I I remember how you categorized it, you know, your childhood. And, and I can't, I think I know the words, but you, you said it was like a wrongly shuffled deck, like like a right. misshuffled deck or something. Right, right, right. right. And um yeah, you know, I, for, I mean, for, for me, it was a little bit harder mm-hmm. because, you know, I guess my own ego said, I have to qualify who I turn my will over to. You oh, know? there you I go. I just can't do it blindly. So you had an interview process. Yeah, I, I had the interview. I did see some residents. Right, you know, right, I mean, right. see, how, how ridiculous was that, right? Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's, it was always... It was always for me about proving that I could will myself to victory. I've got a small frame, but when I took the football field, powerful though, uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so there I am out at the at the at the sandlot playing football with my friends, you know, at eighty pounds with no equipment, and I'm I'm charging people like uh, you know Erlock or right. you know charged charged an offensive lineman, and and I just felt I could will myself and. And so coming to step three in the program, when when I was told that I would have to make a decision, and, and that's really the beauty about the first three steps. They're what I like to call kind of soft actions, right? So admit, um, come to believe, and then make a decision. You know, again, nobody's asking me to do anything strenuous. 
and, and to do anything extraordinary. Just in step three, just make a decision. Just make a decision uh, to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him. And we talked a little bit the first couple of weeks about that as we understand them. I'm really glad that the program introduced me an opportunity to, to pursue a higher power that I understand. And and I love the fact but that... it's not all the same. It's not all the same. And, you know, as, as I forge friendships uh, in the program, very rarely do we talk about uh, their their concept of their higher power. It's not an important... Who the higher power is is not the important part of the ingredient. A it's, higher power. It's a higher power. Yep. That's Absolutely right, Absolutely right. Absolutely right. That's right. So, so for, for me, you know, is I, and I kind of laughed that I had to qualify, you know, who my guy was going to be, yeah, but, right. but I kind of did, and I, I guess that's not total surrender yet at that point. Um, but it says, you know, made a decision to put our will and our lives mm-hmm. over the care of God. Um our will and our lives. So I mean, at one point, again, I talked about being in the swimming pool and, and you don't learn how to swim un- unless you're in the pool. Um, you know, I was, I was leading high school uh, teenagers, guys, mm-hmm. you know, and I was leading a group of them at our church. Again, just doing all I can, man, to immerse myself. And, and another one of the leaders, you know, so, you know, I'm old and, you know, I, so I go out with one of the leaders, like 22, cool guy, knows all the video game terms. And I mean, so we're out to lunch and, and I thought I was going to be, you know, smart ass. And, and so I challenged them. I said, yeah, I said, this whole, this whole God's will thing, you know, I said, it's not like I, you know, I said, how's this work? I said, it's not like I wake up in the morning and I go to my Outlook calendar and God fills it in for me. You know, and, and, and I was being a smart ass, but, yeah, right. but but halfway, I was I really meant it. Sure. Like, how do you know what God's will is? Yeah, right. So crazy. Not in my so outlook calendar, crazy. right? So, with all seriousness, he looks right across me. And I'm telling you, this is one of those moments, you know, where, where the faith dial turned a little more to facts. He looks right at me. He goes, well, Glenn, he goes, I get it, you know. He goes, but let's start with this. He goes, you know what God doesn't want you to do oh and i was and i was like stunned sure and i'm like well he doesn't want me to drink right he doesn't want me to do all the bad shit i used to do when i drank right you know um so so for me in that moment in that restaurant over a chicken sandwich um i created the vision of a fairway right Mm. so that's how i envision my sober path it's a fairway. Mm-hmm. Cause I love golf. Mm-hmm. I don't play well. Does golf love you? No. Okay. No, it, it loves the fact that I you know keep the golf ball companies in business. But, sure. Um, but now I envision I'm in a fairway, and and the rough and out of bounds. That's the eighty percent of shit that I shouldn't be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So now once I'm in the fairway. And, and I, I'm walking the sober path. There's a lot of freedom within that path. You know, I don't think my, my guy could care less if I have a turkey sandwich or ham sandwich. You know, mm-hmm. a, you know a lot of freedom. Um, you know, as, as long as I'm shooting for the right hole, right? And I looked at, use that example to look at my whole life. And, you know, I was out of bounds trying to make these miraculous shots. And the more I out of bounds I was, the more riskier the shot and the worse that landed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just disaster on disaster. So in that moment of time, I'm like, okay, this at least helps me, right? Mm-hmm. And it put me in the fairway. 
And I still think of that on a daily basis. Now, my life today, I swing and I miss. I swing and I shank the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I hit great shots, mm-hmm. you know. But I can't tell you what it does for me and my soul and whatever word you want to use that I'm at least the confidence I'm at least playing from the right fairway for once in my life. Right. That's a beautiful thing. I, you know, my golf analogy as it relates to the program, and hopefully I could tie this into to step three, but, you know, there, there seems to be, for me anyway, uh, uh, there's 90 or 100 things that go into recovery, right? So as golf, you know, it's it's keeping your wrist bent in and your your knee straight and your hips pivoted totally at the right time way, and your head up. Many. And there's way too many things, right? Yeah. And really, you know, at the end of the day, we're just taught to just swing the club. I mean, you're out there playing a game of golf. Muscle memory. Club, muscle memory. That's right. Do the right thing repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly when you get out on the course. Do the right thing. You know, for me, I was doing all the right things. I was doing all the wrong things repeatedly in in my abuse of, of alcohol and, and drugs and 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 you know the they were assets really, you know, for me. This this determination, this self-will determination was an asset to me until it came to my alcoholism. The more I tried to control it, the more it tried to control me, right? So the more I try to keep my head up and my golf shot, the more my hit my chin seems to, to break down. Um, you know, a little bottle controlled this big boy, just like a little flaw in my golf game controlled my whole game. My head came up, my ball would go right. Every single time my head came up and didn't view, focus on that ball, it came out, you know? Um, it, it just, it, it made no sense to me. And so for me, uh, the the third, the third step here talked about surrendering, right? So that, that, that's where it came to me. You know, the first step told me I can't drink, you know? I, I just can't take a, a, even a sip. It's all about abstinence. The second step for me was I'm not God. He is. Stop owning it. But the third step to me was when I kind of surrendered to both those first two steps and said, okay, I've got a problem with alcohol. I've got a pro- I'm not God. I can't fix it. I haven't been able to fix it on my own. Now is the time to surrender to win, to give up total control. And and was that a light bulb moment for me? No, I would say that 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 one took a lot of readjustment, Glenn, because my head wanted to come up after I swung the club. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think I love that muscle memory, right? Because I think. You know, I listened to this dude in my first rehab in 2003, talked about like the brain science of addiction, right? And he had these, you know, you know, rat experiments and, and, and things like that. Um, you know, and he talks about the inner brain, right? So I think from a muscle memory standpoint, you know, there's a lot of situations I go through, I still think about drinking. Right. And, and there's people that are amazed by that. But that's my muscle memory. That's your muscle right? memory. That's my, sure. Because booze worked very well for me Mm -hmm. for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, that's the whole right-hand, left-hand thing. I'm a right-hander, and now I'm trying to live in a left-hander world. Um, Because my my brain, when I go through situations, I'm still very aware this is when I would have drank. That's right. You know. That's right. For me, you know, I've I've come to a place of hope as we kind of segue and wrap up this morning. But I've come to a place of hope, and my hope, in order to have continued hope, I need to do continued effort, right? So, I need to continue to surrender. And one of the things I do, Glenn, that help me is I, when a scenario arises, I ask myself this simple question: You know, where am I going to find 
victory and peace in this situation? A, by controlling it, or B, by giving it up, right? And and that's the little filter that my life goes through. Now, do I do that 100% of the time? Absolutely not. But do I try and do it 70, 80% of the time? Is Do I need to control the situation or... Or am I going to find victory and peace in this situation by giving it up? And I'll tell you what, I have enough proof now, as you said, that proof, you know, uh, faith faith and fact, fact uh, meter that uh, there's always, uh, it's it's always uh, seems to me that victory and peace come out of, out of giving it up. Yeah, so it's funny as you talk about um, working on it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, as, if you use the golf analogy again, you know, that's why they have driving ranges, mm-hmm. right? That's why I have mm-hmm. the swing trainers, you know, mm-hmm. to keep working on it. That's why we keep working this program. That's why we keep working the steps. Yep. That's why I do 22 things, you know. So that's my swing trainer. Um, yeah, and, and, and one last thing on hope. Um, you know, when I was working the third step on 18 months, I remember one night I went to bed and... Um, you know, for about five minutes, I felt a feeling that I've never felt before in my life. I mean, it was so noticeable and so different. And it was only for about five minutes and the sun was setting outside my window. I was going to bed early, sun was setting. And for five minutes, I felt this feeling. And the only word that I can put on that five minutes is peace. Mm. And, and it was a feeling that everything was going, everything in this world, was okay at that point in time. Right. And, and after five minutes, it went away and the head trash started to come back. But I said to myself, very, and, and I continue to say this because I need to remind myself, I said to myself, Glenn, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to get that again. Right. And, and it was a period of time you know, I, I, I can't, I, I don't remember exactly, maybe it was months, um, you know, and I got peace again. Mm-hmm. And it's funny now, do I have peace every day, all day long? Absolutely not. But I probably get it once or twice or five times a week. Right. You know, again, just snippets, right? Right. But you know, I, I, I that peace thing, I was talking to my wife the other day, and, um, and, and this is what I was sharing with her. I was trying to, she said, how you doing? And that's such a loaded question. Boy, that's a tough question. It's a loaded man. <laughs> question these days because you know I still I still have this vivid memory of how I was doing, and now I live I'm living this life that that I can't hardly describe the sensation, and and I think you just did. I mean, peace is probably a word that that best that best describes where I where I live most of the time now. Life still happens. I mean, there's still struggles, and I still grab control of life. And I mean, there's all the. It's a. It's a. I'm a work in progress. But, but the fact of the matter is, is that this feeling that that I that that or comes to the top of the comes to the top of the cup every once in a while. That foam on the top of the cup. That good stuff. Uh, you know, is peace. It is peace, and it's worth it. But it. But it takes work, right? So it's funny how we used to crave the buzz. Right, mm-hmm. and now we're craving peace. Yeah, I mean that's just that's 
If right. you, if I you want talk more. about change, yeah. I want more. Absolutely. And, well, and, and that's why I keep doing this stuff because I'm greedy yeah. and I want more of this great stuff, you know. Yeah. And that's why I say peace is probably my, my most valuable asset. Yeah. Well, let's it's come great. back next week and grab hey, man, some I'm more looking peace. forward to it. Get a, grab a piece, piece of peace. There you go. All right, man. Have a great week, Glenn. All right, bye. Love you, man. Thanks for joining us for today's Coffee Chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.